Happy Sunday morning, Salt Lake City, Provo, Orm, and Colville. You're listening to AM 1280 and 97.5 FM The Zone. This is SLC Culture, a weekly, bi-weekly, sometimes monthly, uh, meandering through arts, culture, and social issues in the greater Salt Lake Metroplex. Uh, I am your host, Christian Anderson, uh, formerly of the Utah Museum of Contemporary Art, and now just a person who loves arts and culture in the area. And you're going to have to cast your mind back a long time, folks, because it's been almost three years that I am flying solo. Both Christy and Steven are out, and even Talon is out. So really, it's just me. So you're not going to get Christy's uh, pithy witticisms. You're not going to get Steven's conversations about edamame. But that's okay, because we have something really cool happening today. It's actually been happening for the last couple days, and that is the Utah Arts Festival happening downtown Salt Lake City. And with us today is Amy Dunsmore, who is the associate director, assistant director, assistant director, assistant yep. director of the fair to sort of talk a little bit about uh, what's been happening so far throughout the festival, what people can expect on Sunday. But, you know, we'll also chat a little bit just about arts and culture uh, in general. So uh, good morning, Amy. How are you doing? Good morning. Great. How is the festival going? It's been fantastic. We've been having lots of fun, lots of lots of people, lots of art to see. It's really something for everyone down here. So how many years has the uh, how many years has the Utah Arts Festival? This is our 43rd year. 43rd. Wow. 43. You, you know, you don't look a day over 27. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> 43. I've been running it since a baby. <laughs> um, so it is on Washington Square and Library Square. Yes. So uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with downtown's geography, that's 400, between four and 500 south and between State Street and 300, 300 east. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, and so it takes up quite a bit. There's a lot of things happening. So um, when I say when I say the Utah Arts Festival, um, you know what, what what's the definition? Well, not what's the definition of art. We don't have enough time for that. No one agrees. <laughs> I, but, I don't know that I have yeah. the answer to that. But what do people find at the Arts Festival? Well. Um like I said, there's really something for everyone. We've got anything from graffiti street art to fine arts, music, dance, uh, ballet, b-boys. We've got we've got all the greatest hits, really, of anything you can imagine. Um, literary. All kinds of stuff. Even a film festival. I don't think many people know that we have a mini film festival. Um, and there's some great films showing today. So you got films, literary. You got some visual arts. You mm-hmm. got some music. Culin- you got some food, some culinary stuff. Some great food. Um, you know how long? You know how long should someone plan on spending at the Utah Arts Festival? I think you should spend four days. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> you missed the first three. Yeah. So, uh, no, I think a few hours because there really is so much to see. And I, I do think people come down to see something specific, but you kind of get caught along the way with something unexpected. You maybe didn't know you'd like or a band, um, art that you didn't uh, expect to see. Or um, we've got our Makers Lab in Art and Technology that is for all ages. So um, you might make a little brush spot or a lightsaber. Um, choose the right side. I don't know which one that is, but I'd say the light side. Follow your follow your inner <laughs> Jedi or yes. Sith. Mm-hmm. Um, and I gotta say, uh, you know, I when I was running Umoka, we had a booth, and we there's another booth this year in the kids art yard yeah. area. So I was down there every year for the last five years. This year's weather, oh man, how Amazing. nice! I, like, was it that two years ago, or it was like a hundred degrees? Uh, yes. Or is it basically every basically <laughs> no, every year? There I mean, was a couple years ago where it was very very hot. 
hot. Yeah, I mean, like upper 60s, lower 70s. Today's mm-hmm. supposed to forecast in the mid 70s. Sunny. I mean, how perfect. I mean, perfect. anytime you throw an outdoor event, whether it's a festival or a, a wedding or whatever it happens to be, man, you always keep your fingers crossed on the weather. This Lucked could out. be more perfect. Lucked out. So what is, the, I mean, thinking 43 years, what is, is there a particular highlight this year that differentiates other years or something that like I'm, a moment of whimsy or something yeah. that just caught you? So for this year, I would say it's probably the Sauruses. We have um, giant 16 foot dinosaurs that are roaming through the festival. Mm. Um, they are out at four, six and eight for mm. their feedings. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, but they're interacting with our patrons and just having a great time walking through. There's three of them with their handler. That's kind of the, the big showstopper, I would say, this year. Um, but we've also got a lot of great bands tonight. Um, art yard's still open and kids are free. Nice. Um, there's always whimsy in the children's art yard, as I'm sure you've seen through Yumoka. I have. And, uh, you know, um, uh, Maggie Willis, who sort of coordinates the art yes. yard, uh, when for, she was the interim director before I was at Yumoka, a good friend. And, you know, she, this year she was a recipient of a Mayor's Arts yes. Award for recognition for all of I'm her sure service. Who could so. be more deserving. She's, she's worked very, very hard for the arts in Salt Lake City. And she I, does such an amazing job in the art yard. Um, you can come by and see. There's a giant beehive. There's a little ant maze. All these things that she's constructed. And the kids have built over the last few days for insects is the theme this year. Yeah. All kinds of cool so things. So come down and get bugged. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so where can people find some information on the interwebs? What is your website? It is uaf.org. Oh, that's short and easy. For easy. You must have got in early on the internet <laughs> craze to get that. Hi. Well, we have been around for 43 years. That's true. I, I trying to think the last time I saw any organization that had a three-letter like website. Whew, man. We got in there early. Trying to thinking. make it easy for people to remember. Good <laughs> good thinking. Um, UAF.org. Uh, go check it out. How much is the ticket? General admission is $15. General ad- kids, 12 and under, are free. Okay. General admission, is there, is there a... F- Adult, yeah, sorry. Is there, a, is there a different admission? No, no. no that's just, the, you know, admission. that's the lingo that yeah. I have in my head. Hmm. Um, so, how many people usually come out to the uh, to the Utah Arts Festival? We get seventy five to eighty thousand people every year. Wow! So, and, and is that? I mean, I suppose like Saturdays are probably usually your biggest Fridays and Saturdays. Uh, Friday nights, Saturday mornings, um, or Saturday all day. But Sunday's a pretty Sunday's a pretty chill day. There's a good crowd, but. Uh, not quite as busy as Saturday. And so there's there's booths and vendors, artisans, uh, craftspeople um, selling their stuff. And maybe, you know, on a Sunday, sometimes they don't want to pack that stuff back up. So if you're interested in getting something, maybe Sunday's a good Possibly. bargain. Possibly. If you wait until, you know, eight or nine o'clock. They can close it, their booth. That's the thing people should know for today. Uh, artists can close their booth a little bit early. It's a long festival for them. Uh, so they are able to close at 8. So if mm. you've been there and seen something you liked and were waiting, get there. 8 get is there. still pretty late on a Sunday night. It, so that, you know is. you got some time. Yeah, yeah that's true. Eight hours. <laughs> so, um, so let's let's do two different things. So um, your patrons, your your attendees, you know they see four days of a festival. But I mean, when do you? What does it take to put on a festival of this scale? Like, I mean, do you get to take? You know, it wraps up at the end of June. Do you get to take July, August, September, October off? <laughs> start rolling out. Like, what does what does it take to put all of uh, something like this together? Yeah. So um, I wish we took all that 
that time off. We do take some time off in July, but really by the time this festival is happening, we're kind of already on to the next one. We really only have one time a year to show people new sponsors, new donors, new people what we're about. So we're already working on 2020 when when the 2019, you know, right now, now that we're ending 2019. So um, that would be for the main staff. So we've got um, five staff members that work year round and about 30 coordinators that work seasonally from January through June to put this together. That's a long season. Yes. And we just meet monthly and um, they're working on it. Yeah, from about probably January on. They've already got their ideas solidified for each program by then. You know, it hadn't occurred to me, but like if you are a if you're a festival coordinator, I mean, I could certainly see that as as a career. Does your sort of off, you know, your your seven months off of Sundance? Do a lot of people sort of you know work for you and then maybe jump over to do coordination for something like a Sundance? Or yeah, there are some some kind of coordinators and departments that do things for other groups mm-hmm. as well. Um, I don't know a lot. Of, I think Maggie actually has yeah. done stuff for Sundance, um, and obviously. Obviously, Derek with our, our film program, he's involved with Sundance as well. Um, but I don't know for sure a lot of them that, that do both. But that is a busy time. And you, you mentioned something. You said, you know, sponsors and donors. And so when I hear the word donor, um, it hadn't even occurred to me. The Arts Festival is a 501c3, right? We are. So you are a nonprofit. So, um, so as a community asset, you are out there trying to put the logistics together year round. So, I mean, if people conceivably, I mean, we want them to attend. Um, but if they can't attend and they think that having a, you know, supporting a local arts community is important, they can always donate to your. Absolutely. Fantastic. And I'm sure they can do that at uh, UAF.org. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, indeed. you know, we never turn down <laughs> donations in the nonprofit no. sector. Well, our, so for our individual donors, we have, it's called friends with benefits mm-hmm. because you come and we, we give you some cool perks to coming to our patios and things like that. Um, and I would say yeah, one of the, of quirky new things we've had the last few years where you can sponsor a porta potty so oh. you can give a crap about the arts it's our friends who give a crap nice we're allowed to say that i'm, I'm pretty sure we are allowed to uh, <laughs> say that talent is listening but i will um but i think we're okay on that um uh yeah that's a good point if, if there is anything because because we are producer list today i'll have to mark <laughs> it down but i think that that's okay yes. well uh, sponsoring a porta potty it's what better way to honor someone right mm-hmm. To say, you know, well, it's here's de- your name. It's a destination that almost, you know, everyone's going to visit, right? Exactly. You, you might miss the leather belt booth, but you know, you're going to visit gonna the You're going to need to use a bathroom. Uh, and speaking of, so, so let's use that as an interesting segue. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I'm, I like, I like my foods and my beverages. I'm a mm-hmm. sort of a food beverage kind of guy. I actually, I mean, wish the whole cohort was here because the, uh, we all are. Um, so what are, like, what should I do to eat and drink my way around the festival? Well, we've got um, some really great partners with the with the beverages. For example, the Uinta has their Uinta Brewing mm-hmm. is a huge partner of the festival. They have been for many many years. Um, they have a High Point Lounge, which is a really great place to um, go have a drink. But it's also right next to our garden stage, so you can have a little seat, um, grab a snack. We've got several new vendors this year, a new barbecue vendor. Um, what kinds of food? There's just so much. <laughs> we always uh, have Yoshi's, like a, it's kind of an Asian Asian flair. Teriyaki, mm. always great. Um, I'm trying to think of 
all the food vendors we have this year. There are, we have Food Row, so 200 East is full of different food vendors. Mm, and that's sort of right. That sort of splits the that's, fair. Yes. Or right the festival the right in the middle. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then there's a state, and then there's the stage. The, is it the main stage that's yes. to the north of that? The festival stage. The festival stage. Um, so, so if you're over, if you're over 21, you can Absolutely. have a, you can have a beverage. Do you have to keep those in particular areas, or since you're in the whole fenced-in grounds, can you wander around with them? Or you actually, we do fence the whole festival okay. in, so you can wander around um, with those beverages. Oh man, on a sunny 75 degree yes. day. And for those who don't don't drink, we do have delicious lemonade and iced tea, also lots of soda, so all kinds of options for people. <laughs> you know, so really, I mean, between the food, the beverages, and the porta bodies, once you're in, you can stay. You can stay all day. You one stop shop. Go elsewhere. I mean, you could probably even you probably get some clothes from some of the vendors. Uh, there are some wear. There is some wearable art. Where, that. Wearable art. Uh, so, how long have you been with the festival? This will be my eleventh festival. Holy smokes! I know. <laughs> um, and does that make you one of the longer tenured employees? No. no. I'm still of the um, full time staff. I'm still one of the newest. So. I believe Lisa Sewell has been with the festival. She's our executive director uh, 26 years. Amanda, 18. She's our program manager. So well, I still have a ways to go. Well, <laughs> hey, hats off to any organization that, that has that low turnover. I yeah. mean, it must be really, re- I mean, I'm sure this week is incredibly stressful, but it also must be incredibly rewarding. It's very fun. I mean, it's really, I think that's why people stay. And we do have, you know, people change and that's good. We have a lot of change this year um, with our coordinators, which is great. It brings new ideas. Um, but it's a family, and so people people tend to like to be around. Uh, you're listening to AM 1280 and 97.5 FM The Zone. This is SLC Culture, and we are talking about the Utah Arts Festival. Um, let's so let's talk a little bit about the larger arts community. So this is one of the the I mean, and even you know, running Umoka and to my friends at the UMFA, we would probably all say the same thing that for in terms of uh, bringing a critical mass of people to get together and sort of think and experience art. It's probably one of the largest in the state to happen Mm -hmm. like that. So how do you feel, like, what is the role and responsibility of what you do to a local arts community? How do you reach out beyond just the the festival itself to sort of think about the greater, you know, arts and culture ecosystem? And and what's your sort of role? Like, now we'll get into the philosophical things. What's your sort of role in in some of these things? Um, I think for us, I mean, that's that's a a big question, right? How do we reach out? Something for the festival is that we want to meet people where they are, right? I mean, we have all kinds of art there, but we want to show people that we've got a variety and and it isn't just, you know, for for one kind of person. There's really something there that anyone can enjoy. Uh, So a lot of that has been community outreach and we're building some groundwork more for that to even do for this year, we're, we're moving on to, to 2020, um, reaching out to community groups um, of, of all kinds. We've got um, a really great group in the makers area, art and technology, um, called, uh, I'm, now I'm forgetting their names, anyway, Code Devs. And they, they work with a lot of young women in coding and to try and get them um, through Promise South Salt Lake. So we're working with other nonprofit groups I mean, we don't like to reinvent the wheels. So we like to look to people who are doing great work to work together to provide a platform versus trying to, 
you know, do our own thing and say, hey, we can do it better than you. I mean, there's a lot of people doing great things. Um, and that's what we feel like we can be as a platform for many other arts groups to be accessible. I mean, like, uh, let's say Ballet West, we work with mm-hmm. some of their artists to perform. Mm-hmm. Um, they performed on Saturday and, or Friday, sorry. And that gives them an audience that's a little bit more casual than being in a theater setting. So um, that might get them some patrons that they may not have had before because they've seen something really cool um, in an outdoor fun environment. Um, The Women Coders reminded me that on Friday it was Women Mm -hmm. Who Rock Day. And was that a new initiative this year? That is. That's one of, that's exactly uh, what I'm referring to. So Women Who Rock, we worked in collaboration with KRCL who Mm has a show on that and also the uh, Ace Fund with Salt Lake City and music on all of our stages is featuring um, it did feature all of the female artists we've had um, some great literary artists and also our films the whole day of films featured female artists as well awesome and I you know I was there the mayor uh, handed out her arts awards yes Uh, it was fantastic and it's um, you know we we talk a lot in the state about parody and I think that the art world um I would probably say is probably on the slower end to sort of come up with a, a chance to um, to really give all communities, women, um, people of color, uh, their due in terms of expressing these art forms. And, and so uh, hats off to you um, and who's ever idea the Women Who Rock uh, Day was, because I, um, I think it's a great step in sort of highlighting and pushing people forward that have not had as much of a microphone, as it were, yeah. in terms of both radio and stage jokes. (laughs) No, I I mean, I think that that, and that's kind of the point. We've had theme days, so Mm -hmm. to speak, before, but it's really been contained to performing arts Mm -hmm. versus being something that we're looking at across the spectrum. So I'm really excited about, again, (laughs) excited about this year and our last day, but also some of the things we have for for next year to really even amp that up. Some Some more days that feature the work of really amazing artists who may not get quite the recognition they deserve. So you've been doing this 11 years. I mean, how how did you get to be the associate director of an arts festival? Like, oh. what was your what was <laughs> yeah. your path? Did you and what, you grew up here in Utah? I did. Where did you grow up? I did. I started out in good old Utah County hmm. and um, went to school at the University of Utah. So I've been, I would say, Salt Lake City most of my life mm-hmm. now. But yeah, that's where I started. Um, it was kind of by chance, actually. I started in development uh, mm-hmm. for Ballet West and. That's where I started. I love of being around the arts. I'm not a great artist myself, but I like being around that and the vibe that that has. And um, a job came up at the Utah Arts Festival, so I thought, well, I'll try it out. Yep. See if they see if they talk to me, and I guess I guess they like me because I've been there eleven years. <laughs> I understand that you know I when I was in college, um, I went to the University of Minnesota for my undergrad. Um, I took some visual arts classes, and I rapidly came to the realization that there were people who would like roll into class, and they were probably hungover, and they would just pound out a beautiful painting or sculpture or whatever it happens to be in a fifth of the time, and it would be twice as good as what I would labor forever for and I just yeah and I remember getting so frustrated but you know at the same 
time. Um, I also realized, and, and probably the epiphany that you had, that the world needs some decent arts administrators. It's Absolutely. a whole different skill set. And um, to be able to support the arts through what it is that we do and to allow creative people to focus on what they're good at as opposed to the rest Absolutely. of stuff um, is essential to the arts ecosystem. It, it is. I mean, because I think, I suppose you could say that, you know, what I do in raising money and those kinds of, that's a, a different kind of art, right? I mean, not the traditional art that would be featured at the Utah Arts Festival, but we can't have a festival without money. So um, I think everyone has their strengths and that is um, what's really so great, I think, about working in the arts world is to at least in our group, you know, people work together to say, here's our goal. I have this vision of something really cool I want to do. And how do we, you do your part, you do your part. We all do that to make something really, really amazing happen. Um, I am so impressed uh, of anyone who can be a development officer for that long, <laughs> um, having had to do that work. It is, it's a challenge. And, and I think, you know, this is true for well, anyone who works for a nonprofit and anytime you have to go pitch something, because I think we're all there. And to the point for your organization with such low turnover, you believe in a mission. And so you, whether you're going out and asking for small donations or whether you're pitching to a large corporation, you're, you're putting your heart and soul on the line every time you go, because it's something that you believe about. Or believe in and 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 about um, that when when money doesn't come through or people don't react, it's it's personal and it's hard it because be. you care so much. And so uh, to be able to to be able to do that for so long is an admirable skill. I am really good at hearing the word no. Mm. <laughs> I'm I'm even better at hearing the word yes. But mm. you know, you, you have a lot of ups and downs. But that's part of the fun of it too. I mean. You learn not to take it personally, I think, over time. But. And so we're talking about the Utah Arts Festival. Uh, today is day four. It started on Thursday. Uh, weather's been great. Uh, what time do you open today? Noon. Noon. Okay. So, you know, it's about... What time How'd you is get it? me here so early? Yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> it's, uh, it's about 7.20, so you've got a couple hours to get up. <laughs> Have a nap. You, you, you shake, you know, get some, get some coffee and then head down to the Utah Arts Festival. Uh, it's downtown Salt Lake, uh, Washington Square, where the city county building is, building is, and Library Square, uh, four hundred south between four and five hundred south, and State Street and three hundred east. More information can be found at uaf.org. Um, so, eleven years. If you had like thinking about all of the years you've done this, if you had three amazing moments that have happened at the arts festival, and maybe it's maybe it's a vendor, maybe it's seeing somebody interact with something, but looking back on your time, there are three things that have really sort of you know, you know, moved you and have been highlights. Uh, so last year, one mm -hmm. of our our sponsors that I thought was really cool, we really try to involve our sponsors in the art and not just um, make it a vendor booth for them for people to walk by so we had Haribo gummy bears involved last year Ooh, they did the, the a, Danish little gummy bear people yes nice. and they did something so unique that's one of my favorite moments um, they did Starry Night in hmm. color by gummies v Vincent like Van Gogh Starry Night yes you hmm. stuck the gummies it was like color by number but with gummy bears and hmm. it was really cool to see that come together it was also really kind of fun to see it melt <laughs> After the, with the heat because it was a little bit warmer mm -hmm. last year Sunday so that was really cool to see and see everybody get involved and kind of again those things make it a little bit more accessible and fun for people they took a you know really classical big painting and, and made that you know a little 
more accessible. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think that's a great example of what a community you know, arts festival can do. So, yeah. sta- I mean, Starry Night, you know, one of the more, you know, Mona Lisa, Starry Night, something that mm-hmm. everyone can recognize. So you don't have a, you know, unlike a Yumoka, you don't have a barrier of entry where stuff is like weird or whatever. It's something, and then who doesn't love gummy bears? Or if you don't love gummy bears, like you know what they are yeah. and they're, they're around. And so it's taking things that are familiar, making them interactive, multi-layered. Yeah, yeah I think that's absolutely. a great idea. That was really cool. Um, I think one of my first years, just seeing um, in the urban arts area, I think people have a certain vision of what that is. Um, and those are some real amazing, legitimate artists that graffiti work. There's mm-hmm. a kind of connotation that comes with that that I think is generally unfair, but it's mm-hmm. it's changing. And there was a, an older gentleman that was kind of watching and you know, had his arms folded, kind of thinking, okay, well, is he going to complain? But no, he went up and asked someone if he could learn how to longboard, and then he was spray painting. So I think the way that people get involved in seeing that is probably a, a kind of a second uh, moment to so, think about. So uh, so if there's the familiarity and the sort of, uh, I don't really like the word whimsy, but for lack of a better term, with <laughs> the gummy bears and all that. So moment two is a lot more about breaking expectations. Yes. And, and, and seeing something and then seeing a person who you don't think fits in that particular mold come and experience you know, something yeah. and, and break down again sort of the the, the preconceptions of what somebody's going to like. Yeah, I mean, I think and Lisa Sewell uh, says that all the time. Everybody looks the same in shorts and t-shirts at the festival. Shorts and tank top. I mean, there's really, the, the social barriers are kind of uh, broken right. down a bit more than than other places because I don't know where you I, came from. So. I cannot wear shorts. Well, I mean, okay. I you can wear shorts, but no, oh, you will. <laughs> I, you know, I grew up in Minnesota and I spent all these years. Um, I, I'm very pale. I have very pale listen, legs. It's terrifying. No, the listeners can't see this, but I would, I'll bet you that I'm more pale than mm. you. I'm always the palest one in the room. So, mm. but, um, and I think aside from just the art and that kind of thing that the festival has as as you know we've mm-hmm. had people there a long time yesterday was a really kind of cool moment for me there were um the children of several um festival staff that were all there different ages that i kind of looked at and saw them all helping build the festival and think this is this is the future these mm-hmm. people are going to be the ones taking over and it was you know from <clears throat> age 18 down to age eight, helping to do all these different tasks and really genuinely excited about it, uh, that they've grown up. So just seeing like the, the longevity of the mm-hmm. festival and how it's impacted, not just staff, but we have volunteers who've been coming for 25 years. This is people who've met there and got married. Um, so I think just the family vibe, the, the sense of community and celebration that comes with it is that's not one moment I know but many moments come together no I mean I think that if we take those three and you know the one that's sort of the fun and the whimsy the other that's sort of unexpected moments or challenging you know preconceptions and then the other saying continuity that you know this festival's been around for 43 years and so something that maybe you came to as a kid and maybe like if you have kids you're going to bring and 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 building those sort of uh, communal memories I mean I think that that's in those are all incredibly powerful reasons and put them all together. Uh, You're listening to AM 1280, 97.5 FM The Zone. This is SLC Culture, and we are talking about the Utah Arts Festival. It has been happening since Thursday. Uh, Today is the last day. Gates open at noon. Yes. Uh, Runs until about 8 o'clock, right? No, It runs until 11. 11, okay, but Mm -hmm. the artists can start tearing, the The visual visual artists can start closing their booths because it's been long, but there will be music and things going on. Yes, one of our headliners tonight, uh, super fun band, 
band, March 4th Marching Band, is closing out the show at the Ooh. amphitheater stage this evening. And very fun. If you haven't seen them, I, I highly suggest you come down. There's lots of great music, but that's that's one of the highlights for today. Sure. And I assume the schedule, more information can be found, UAF.org. Yes. Um, okay. So, I mean, you know, those, I think you had some heartwarming <clears throat> moments. Any, any like, completely, uh, any things that made you laugh over the last, you know, 11 years? Uh, did a, like, did the, did a tub of gummy bears fall on some, I don't know what, like, there's got to be something, f- like, hilarious oh, moments that happen, too. Hilarious. Well, when you're getting to this point in the weekend, mm-hmm. almost everything's hilarious. <laughs> That's just exhaustion. <laughs> exhaustion makes everything seem funny. Um, gosh, I mean, I can't think of anything anything too major um something i mean it's of course on the spot you asked me and i'll have to think about it i'll text you later i'll probably have 20 examples mm-hmm. of that funny um i don't really have a good answer to no, that well, that's okay i mean i'm sure there are moments of uh, i'm sure that all sorts of listeners if you know if we were a live show we could uh, ask people for all sorts of moments <laughs> yeah. of their favorite you know arts festival memories and i bet you we would get a ton a ton um what was my i had a, a pithy follow-up question i, mean, I don't know if it's that, <laughs> that pithy to be honest um so, but you, in the last segment, you sort of brought up the concept of what urban arts is. Where do you see, I mean, because, I mean, you, I assume, are sort of the, 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 one of the longer running festivals downtown, but we've mm-hmm. got Craft Lake City, mm-hmm. we've got Urban Arts Festival, we've yeah. got Living Traditions. I mean, how do you, how do you sort of fit in, and, and all of the music festival, I mean, Red Butte, blah, blah, blah. I mean, Salt Lake City and the greater Salt Lake area is really sort of a festival place. Like, how do you fit in with your peers and the other festivals and, and what, um, how does coming to you and, and then sort of a launch to another festival or vice versa? What's, uh, maybe the festival ecosystem? I'm not quite right. sure what the question is there, but. Okay. I think I, I think I see where you're going. Um, so I think one thing for, for us with the arts is for the visual arts, it's, mm-hmm. um, a fine arts festival. So it's a little bit different than um, Urban Arts or Craft Lake City. And for us, we kind of encompass, I guess, all of those areas. We do have um, some crafty type things. We obviously have an Urban Arts area. We have a children's art yard. And how the festival started really um, came from Salt Lake City and them wanting to bring people back downtown back, you know, what was it, 1979? Um, I was not there for this, but I am told. So to bring people back downtown and bring art to the streets and, um, and not just any kind, you know, one kind of art, but all kinds of art. So it's hard because, you, you know, you need to have a focus, as you're saying. Um, and I think what sets us apart is the partnerships, you know, trying not to, again, reinvent the wheel, but worked with all of these great groups and there's new and uh, new different groups coming up every every month you know that we can work with um to make those things happen we actually do work with craft lake city they have a booth uh in the art yard and um derek dyer we've worked with with the urban arts as well so um that answers your question or it's just a lot of talking no it it, <laughs> it is absolutely perfect um you're listening to M1280, 97.5 FM The Zone. This is SLC Culture. We're talking about the Utah Arts Festival uh, coming up uh, today, uh, day four, Sunday. Gates open at noon. There is music until 10, 11. 11. 11. Uh, more information at www.uaf.org. Um, so, so what are your 
peers around the country. Like when you, because uh, I grew up in Minneapolis, and so we had the Minnesota Arts Festival, and then we had the Taste of Minnesota, and uh, then I was in Seattle, Seattle Arts Festival, and things like Bumbershoot. So when you look around at um, at what are some other people doing around the country that's really, really cool, like who else is doing some cool stuff that you look at um, and say, hey, like look at that, what they're doing in, uh, I always hate to use Austin because everybody, like yeah. Austin's a big place, but what are they doing in Kansas City? What are they doing in other yeah. places that are really cool? Um, you know, it's kind of, I suppose, slightly difficult to compare. I know we, we're probably a little bit more like Bumbershoot than than many other fine arts. Most fine arts festivals are just artists. They don't have music or other kind of programs going on as well or, or big ones at that. But um, Breakfast is something we've looked at as well. Uh, Cherry Creek Arts Festival. Oh, that's that in Denver? Just, yeah, Cherry Creek is in Denver just right after. Um, and what is, what is Breakfast? It's Breckenridge. Oh, Breckenridge, okay. Um, and so oftentimes what we work with them the most on or what Lisa has really been trying to do, and I don't know all of the ones she's contacted, but our big, um, like, Soros coming in. Mm-hmm. Who can we kind of block book with? Or can they give us ideas of what they've done for spectacle acts or how they're working with artists, um, their fees? We often call at their festivals and find out, okay, are we comparable, you know, on the boring things like mm. artist fees or, sure. or amenities or uh, sponsors or what mm-hmm. we're doing? Uh, just to kind of, you know, take that level and see where we are. All the markets are a little bit different as well. So, um, but it is good. It's good to talk and kind of, I guess, commiserate, but also, comp- you know, compare awesome notes as well and what we could do even better than, you know, what we're doing now. Sure. You know, it, one of the reasons why I asked that question is when I was a younger lad, I uh, I had a, a vaudeville revival show and um, we were on the Renaissance Festival circuit, but we also did like oh. the Iowa City Arts Festival. And so we do a lot of these sort of events. And it's fascinating because there is this community, like yes. there is this entity here, but there, I mean, the fair and festival circuit is its own sort of group and it they is. move and sometimes you'll, you'll see someone and not see them for a month and you'll be at another place. And it's fascinating that the, these these artisans like build a, a real family that's just sort of this itinerant stuff that you yeah. don't really get to see uh, unless you're sort of involved in it. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point to bring up as well, because we have so many great artists in Utah. Um, unfortunately, not all of them apply for the festival. And again, I think that's part and parcel to what you're saying is that, especially as it pertains to visual arts, um, not all of them like to do festivals, right? They might be great artists, but they don't want to be on the festival circuit and pack mm-hmm. up their van and travel around the country. Um, so 85% of the artists that we have at the festival across the board are, are from Utah, which is awesome. We have um, many more new artists this year than we've ever had in the past. So, I mean, I, I think... Where we got a good name for ourselves as well um, in the community mm-hmm. with with um, nationally as well. Sure. So. And how do you balance that? I mean, I remember when I ran Yumoka, there was always the like, if you do all if you do all locals, everyone's like, oh well, it's all just local oh, stuff. Yeah. And if you do all national stuff, then it's like, why don't you like the local arts community? Yeah. So how do you like? I mean, how do you manage that tension between sort of the the locals versus the the nationals and 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 yeah. how does that work out? Well. Uh, with the visual artist, it's a blind jury. So everybody applies. We get about 600 applications for maybe 175, 180 spots. And it's a different jury every year. So that's kind of where we, how we do it with that. We also do a jury um, 
juries for all of the programs, but with the performing arts, it's a jury for each genre. So it's um, local kind of experts or people who know, kind of know that music. And then, and that's, they all get scored, but part of that is looking at, okay, well, who is from Utah? You know, can, where can we bring our best local talent? But also keeping in mind <clears throat> that we want to promote the best national artists as well. Um, and so it is a hard balance. I, I think it kind of is a case-by-case basis. We we definitely we are the Utah Arts Festival, so we want to have Utah artists and show what great work that we have um, locally. Um, and I think, for example, t- toward now, when it, we've already... So I guess Thursday when we were setting up, if mm-hmm. someone drops out, we're looking locally for artists. Obviously, hmm. we have a wait. Li- that happens. Interesting. You know, crazy enough. Um, uh, so we do try to go to other events locally and see what artists are there and encourage them to be involved. Same with culinary artists. Mm-hmm. You know, we're always trying to get new new groups in for that. Um, I don't I don't know how the balance is. I mean, we do the best that we can, but I'm sure, as you said, there's. I'm not sure we please everyone well, <laughs> when it comes to that, but you know that is uh, that is an impossibility. We're trying know. to find the sweet spot, you know. Good luck. Well, if you do, <laughs> then, you know that's sort we'll of write a book. Like the <laughs> like the ALS people had the ice bucket challenge. Yeah. Like if you hit that, I will let everybody know. Yeah that that will be that will be a that will be a gold mine. So uh, it's Sunday morning. We're getting a little deeper into the hour. Uh, we're talking about the Utah Arts Festival. More information can be found at www.uaf.org. Um, walk me through a little bit about what's happening on Sunday. Like, what yeah. makes Sunday special? If we had Women Who Rock Day on Friday, what do we have on Sunday? Yeah, well, several performances. There's left to see today. Like I said, the March 4th Marching Band is um, our headliner at the amphitheater stage this evening. That's a really fun funk, kind of blues, R&B. It is like a literally a marching band. Um, really cool. We also have Repertory Dance Theater on the festival stage. That'll be a fun, great local group that we're always happy to see. Awesome performers on the Big Mouth stage for our Word Fest with lots of literary artists. Still films. Films inside the library. Uh, it's air-conditioned in there. So. Oh, that's always nice. And, I mean, but this it's is not pretty, as hot this year. Weather, yeah. So I guess the air-conditioning isn't quite as critical as it has been in the past. Um, always still things going on in the art yard. We have the Summer Haze Instrument Petting Zoo, which is a classic. All of the fun insects you can make. Um, the Maker's Lab. We've got the Drawbot. You can check that out. Uh brush bots, lightsabers, like I said. Mm-hmm. So there's still a lot to do. There's still a lot to see at the Utah Arts Festival today. But you, know, you got to get there, you know, get there probably, let's say, before three, right? Because right. then you only have a few hours <laughs> left. So what... Um so how late are you going to have to be there tonight? Like the, 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 the shut off the stage at 11, like the cleanup and the set and the tear down. I mean, uh, just from my observations of Washington square this week, I mean, so it took through three whole days plus to set everything up. And then, and then how long does it take to tear the thing down? We actually, um, we don't start tearing down, uh, tonight, which is <laughs> lucky for us. We do kind of have a little hurrah uh, party just to say thank you to all the stuff. I mean, nobody really wants to stay that late because we are there at 8 a.m. cleaning things up, peeling tape off the ground. So um, we will have everything cleaned up and gone like we were never there. Hopefully better than we found it um, by a Tuesday afternoon. Wow. It goes down much faster than it goes up. Mm. <laughs> Safety first, you know, you got to. Yeah. 
you got to be safe when you're putting all those things together. And we were talking a little bit earlier about uh, nonprofits and the coordinators, but I have to believe that you know any nonprofit or a festival this size runs on volunteers. Yes. And so, I mean, so one, you know, how many volunteers you got, and how does someone become a volunteer? Yeah. So we have about. 1,200 volunteers. Whoa. Yeah, uh, that do various jobs. So anything from face painting to um, pouring, so, well, it's not pouring soda anymore, bottles of soda, but even pouring beer, helping keep the grounds clean, greeting guests or providing information. So we've got all kinds of jobs. Um, and I'm sorry, I, I did, what was the... F- is that the question? Yeah, and then how does some, like how does someone become a volunteer? Oh, I mean, it's probably a little late for this year, but, but next year, yeah. So we always have our volunteer form open online, where if you're interested, you can fill out an interest form, and we'll contact you once it's up for next year. So there's still availability to do that, but it's uaf.org backslash volunteers. Mm. Nice, twelve hundred volunteers. <laughs> man, that's a lot to manage. It, it is, and they do such a great job. Um, we have an online system, which is nice, but. We have, um, of that, we also have volunteer captains who help kind of manage different crews or help take the pressure off just the main volunteer coordinators. So, but they keep it very organized and things run very smoothly. And again, we have a lot of people who come back and that makes it a little bit easier uh, for people who already kind of know what they're doing or know what to expect. Yeah, I have to assume. I mean, uh, you know, just like we were talking earlier where there's this continuity, you were there as a kid and now you're, you know, now you're an adult and you go, mm-hmm. um, that there, you probably have some volunteers that have been there longer than you or maybe yeah. even as long as Lisa. Um, yes, I was trying to think the last time I heard uh, one of our longest volunteers is 30 years, which is longer than even the coordinator has been with us. So longer than Lisa, for sure. Do they do they have a special sash? Like how do you <laughs> how do you, you really or do should. they get like first pick of jobs? They do actually. Oh, nice. So returning what? volunteers do get an early email and kind mm. of advance notice of so that they can get the shifts that they or get the, the the jobs that they generally like. But there's so many shifts available. I can't imagine that there isn't something that you can enjoy. The um what was I going to say? Oh, so what is the, and I'm just curious, what is the coveted volunteer job? Like, what's the one that people really, really want? So the one that filled up the fastest, I'd have to ask Miss Kay how this is every year, but this year the, the Fierno film slot filled oh, nice. up fastest. Hmm. I wonder if it's the air conditioning. It might, you know, it might be. It might be that. I think it's kind of fun to see all those films as well. I, I don't often get to see them during the festival, but we um, get to watch them a little bit before and after. And so that's kind of fun to see all the variety. We have films from, um, I want to say 24 different countries this year, short films. And, you know, we, uh, you know, I don't know that we talk about this a lot outside of Sundance, but Utah is a huge film state. Yes. Um, you know, we have the, the the state level, you know, we have the Office of Film, the Film Commission, Utah mm-hmm. Film Commission. Yes. Um, you know, we have the Utah Film Center. We have the Salt Lake Film Society. Um, and that's on top of Sundance. And so there's there's year-round, like, stuff that in this in this community for, for film. And there's a lot of production studios. A lot of filming goes on here, both up in 
Park City, but also down here and in uh, Utah County. So there's a giant film industry in Utah, there is. Um, and a lot of a lot of cinephiles. So the Fear No Film. So who's curating that? Derek Mellis. Okay. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. From uh, Mar- Mariah's yes. husband. Okay. Yep. Yep. Small world. <laughs> it is. Small world. Um, I. When I was running the museum, um, one of my colleagues, her husband was a, uh, a film festival you know, director, uh, curator, and I was at their house in, in Eugene, Oregon, and he had gotten this trailer for a film that hadn't been released, and we started watching it, and in 10 minutes, he's like, I'm not going to put this in the festival. I'm like, oh, are we going to stop? He's like, no, I feel like it's my obligation to watch the movie from start to end. Professionally, I need to do that, and he's like, who knows, maybe, you know, maybe my mind will change, and by the end, I was like did your mind change he's like no but they've watched the whole thing he does I mean I don't even remember how many he he, hundreds of films that get submitted he watches all of them Um, and this year we've got like I said 28 new filmmakers and 24 countries represented Wow, that's crazy. That is crazy. Um, is, does that follow some of the themes that the rest of the festival does, or is it sort of a self-contained? He's got a few different takes on it. So there is actually um, a whole section just for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this year I like, so he's new this year. Derek is new to our team. Um, previously it was Toffer, mm-hmm. Toffer Horman who oh. curated that. And, and you he went to the Downtown Alliance, right? I, you know what? I, I don't think. know hmm. what he is doing. Just nobody anyway. left us. Is yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but Derek's been great, and he's got a few different kind of themes, but he did a really cool... Um, it's called the Midnight Series, but it's actually... I mean, it's not at midnight, because obviously we're closed, but mm-hmm. for um, a little bit kind of maybe more mature subject content. Um, we used to kind of have different themes throughout the day, but I'm excited about all the different films he's got going on this year. We've seen a few previews and coordinator meeting, and they're all really engaging and fun, and it's it's really cool to see. Awesome. Uh, so, interestingly, you know, back to back and coming up, uh, the next show is The Movie Zone with Austin and Adrian, um, and they, um, you know, they run through what's playing in your standard cinemas at the Larry H. Miller Megaplex. And so one of the th- segments that we do all the time is we uh, quiz Austin with uh, coming up with his favorite movie for a particular theme. But um, like if we think about, not, I mean, because we've done art quite a few times, uh, but perhaps a um, perhaps a movie that involves either a fair or a festival or something um, involving in the movie. I don't know. This is a tough one for me. Even as I say it, I'm like, what? I mean, I can think of like um, circusy sort of ones, yeah. but that's not really quite the same thing. Is there a movie out there that just sort a of good question evolve around putting together, putting on a fair or a festival or a community gathering in some way, shape, or form? Hmm. You know, it has. <laughs> The thing that has nothing to do with art or fairs and festival, but my first thing that came to mind was Best in Show. I don't know why. That's a, an event. It is I an guess. event, and uh, and it's got Eugene Levy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's um, oh. not really at all on theme with what we're talking about. But no, but uh, who's who makes those movies? Who's who, Best in Show? And um, this is Spinal Tap, and it's oh, I'm forgetting. We could say that too because we like to say um, our you know our stage goes to eleven, so we'll often say mine goes to eleven. Well, yeah. <laughs> 
Well, you know, the recent uh, biopic on Queen where it was all yes. based around Live Aid, right? Yes. There you go. That's a perfect one. All right. So, Austin, <laughs> we have a question for you. If And, and we're, we're struggling a bit here, so throw us a lifeline. If you were to come up, I mean, it doesn't even have to be your favorite, but give us a movie that has to do with fairs and festivals uh, that, you know, anything. And then, uh, and then shout out, uh, what's your favorite movie at the Larry H. Miller Megaplex this week? Surprise, surprise, Christian. It's Talon filling in for Austin this week, giving you your movie zone preview. When it comes to festival movies, I agree, it's kind of hard to come up with a few great examples, but a few do come to mind. But for me, they all involve music festivals. First one that comes to mind would be Wayne's World 2, where they try to put on a Woodstock-like concert music festival type thing. Then I think of We Are Your Friends, which starred Zac Efron. I know that didn't get a ton of uh, praise from audiences around the country, but I thought it was kind of a neat film. I'm not necessarily into the EDC music scene, but honestly, I thought it was an entertaining movie. And then if you want to dive into the realm of documentaries, there is Fire, which was about the heinously failed Firefest, and dives into the deep, dark realm of how that dream was completely shattered by the, the man who dreamt it up. So yeah, there's a few movies that feature festivals that if you want to if you want to give them a watch. As for this week on the Movie Zone, the big topic is the release of the much-anticipated Toy Story 4. That franchise just continually bringing in another generation of young viewers. And Austin and Adrian discuss the nostalgia that older viewers like myself remember from watching the very first Toy Story film when we were children. They also preview new releases Child's Play and Anna, as well as toss around some movie news and rumors, including Black Panther almost not happening because of a basketball game, and Mark Hamill releases a little bit of news on the new Star Wars movie. That's all coming up next on The Movie Zone following SLC Culture. Uh, stay tuned after our show. So starting at 8 o'clock for the uh, Movie Zone on here on t- AM 1280 and 97.5 FM, The Zone. Uh, you're listening to SLC Culture. We're talking about the Utah Arts Festival this week. Uh, information can be found at www.uaf.org. Today is the last day of this year's Arts Festival. Gates open at noon and close at 11. Um, so, you know... To, to drift a little bit away from the arts festival, um, one of the segments that I do every show is I always think that Utah does a good job of marketing itself, and this is the sort of the state tourism, the state level, as a place that you fly into the airport and then you leave Salt Lake quickly to go to like a national park or some such thing. Um, Whereas I think, like, I think Salt Lake City and the greater Salt Lake metro area is a cool cultural destination. Like, you could fly here the same way one sort of thinks about, you know, Austin or something and spend, you know, a couple days. I mean, I don't know that, you know, maybe you'd spend a whole week just doing cultural stuff. But, you know, if you were to be... It's on the time of season. Yeah. If you were to be a concierge, like, let's say you have a cousin that's flying in from Ohio or somewhere and you were to walk me through a day, day and a half of, of taking advantage of the cultural offerings of here, which sort of the caveat to this is you can't send them skiing and we can't send them to national parks. It's really thinking about yeah. the cultural offerings, like, you know, be a tour guide and, and talk me through, you know, a cup of coffee in the morning to nightcap, what you would have them do in yeah. Salt Lake City. Um, 
Well, I do enjoy Umoka. That's a pretty easy access from the freeway, get Mm -hmm. off the freeway. Um, They've got some really cool exhibits there. Um, From there, I mean, the Leonardo has some great exhibits inside, and that would be actually right on our site, but down Mm -hmm. the street from there. Um, Museum of Natural History is always great. I would count Red Butte Gardens in that. That's Mm -hmm. an awesome place to go walk around. And the the nice thing about the Natural History Museum and Red Butte Garden is they're right next door to each other. And um, depending on your weather, uh, depending on whether you want to get a snack, how hot it is. Um, you can either be inside or, I mean, hike the Dumpkey Trail. Yes. I mean, the you know, I think Red Butte, sometimes people remember it for the concert series, but they yeah. forget that, I mean, the botanical gardens are amazing Beautiful. and go way up the canyon. It's it's amazing. I think you can do, you can do both those things if it's the right time of year, right? Yeah. Um, there's so much to see downtown in terms of cultural activities, again, depending on what's in season, but um, I love Ballet West. That's mm-hmm. close to my heart, so I would hope that they were in performance at the Capitol Theater. Um, lots of shows at the Eccles Theater as well to see for the evening. Um, God, there's too many things, I think, to, to try and name them all. Um, great local music. My favorite would probably be if you could find a show at the State Room while mm-hmm. you were there. State Room, Commonwealth Room, those are all kind of down, down Salt Lake City territory. Um, I don't know. That's a hard question because there's so yeah. much to stop and see. <laughs> well, and, and that, I mean, I think that exactly sort of proves my point. And, and so I've been very pro, like, and then, you know, SLC culture for our show name of, of this as a cultural destination. Yeah. Uh, I just even think about the coffee shops in the last five years. I've opened up. Yes. I mean, do you have a, do you have a fave? I'm a blue copper man myself, but. You know, I really enjoy, um, it's in kind of a sugar house area, but Cafe Amore. Mm-hmm. I don't get there all the time. Yeah. That's just um, south of Liberty Park, right? Yeah. 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 And, and I have to say, you know, Mods Cafe is pretty, that's close to me. I'm down on the west side, so um, that's with the VOA. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mods Cafe is pretty delicious. So that's going to be 900 south and four or 500 yeah, west. Yeah, I remember exactly. Yeah. And in that area, I mean, that's a perfect place for coffee. Um, there's all those new murals um, mm-hmm. that have been going up, and I keep seeing as I drive around in kind of the West Side area the amazing artwork going up on people's buildings. Um, and there's something new, I think, every couple of weeks, and at least to me, something I didn't notice. Um, lots of revitalization, I think, things going on down there. So sure. that's fun, a fun place to walk around with coffee and beer and all kinds of things. Um, special occasion, special occasion dinner place. Ooh. Special occasion. I really enjoy Harbor. Oh, Harbor Seafood. Yeah. In, down in Sugar I House. I mean, I have gone there for special occasions. I Interesting. Think that's my, my thing right now. No, I think I think that's good. Like That's one that I don't know that anyone has mentioned, but should be mentioned. That's not far from my house either. <laughs> you I, could walk there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it would be a, a fine stroll. But, I mean, I think that's an interesting, you know, Sugar House is sort of this amorphous blob, mm-hmm. depending on what you want to call it. But as you move sort of farther, what is that, east, because mm-hmm. uh, uh, Harbor's on, what, 2300? Yeah, right give or take so it's off of it's sort of out of the main beaten path but I mean you've got Blue Plate Diner but there's this sort of this little eclectic area where you got Harbor you got Blue Plate Diner sort of in that special what's the Indian restaurant is it Star of India Bombay Bombay House House, also a great choice that everybody loves in that weird little space that that people don't think about so that's a good little sub neighborhood I like it's quiet I like I like the vibe there Mm -hmm. and the food is great Mm -hmm. alright so uh, so you're going to take someone out to end the evening for a night cap and a drink where are you gonna take him that's a hard one 
Um, well, it's part of the, to dispel the myth that there you can't get a drink in, in Utah. You can, you, you can get drinks in Utah. That's why it's hard because there's yeah. so many places to think about. Um, what's my favorite place recently? I really, um, I really like Whiskey Street. Oh, sure. I think they've got great drinks. Um, all on Main Street. There's a bunch of little places right there, but yeah, that's that, a fun place. That block on Main Street between 300 South mm-hmm. and 400 South has really sort of turned into uh, you know, that sort of nightlife entertainment yeah. London area. Bell is a new one. Mm-hmm. I know they've got some great, great stuff there. Yeah. So you got so you're gonna be you're gonna be down in Sugar House, you're gonna be over in the granary, <laughs> you're gonna be gonna back downtown, you're gonna yes. uh you know, lift at the end of the night, you could take a, a lime or a bird, you know, micro mobility options. Yes. Or a green or, you know, or a green bike, you know, if you Absolutely. are uh yeah. If you are so inclined. Um you're listening to AM twelve eighty and ninety seven point five FM the zone. This is SLC Culture. We're sort of wrapping up this show. Uh, but we've been talking about the Utah Arts Festival. Today is the last day. It's 43 years. Uh, it's one of the highlights and one of the anchor signature festivals downtown every year. Um, it opens at noon today and closes at 11 p.m. There's all sorts of entertainment and activities. Children are free. More information at www.uaf.org. Amy, am I missing anything? To, you know, Anything else that you want to plug before we hand it off to our friends no, at the I Movie Zone? talked about... I mean, there's so many things to see. So I think we've covered a lot of ground. And if you can't make it down today, uh, just remember, check out the website. They're always looking for volunteers. I know you have your fundraiser ball, and that's in the yeah. spring. So there's other things that are going on. All this stuff going on. And you know, as we mentioned, um, you know, support the local arts community. There's all sorts of options, whether it's Craft Lake City, Urban Arts Festival, a music festival. Uh, anytime you go to any of these festivals, you're supporting a lot of local creativity and a, a lot of jobs and a lot of people that really, really love the arts and make this their their living and Absolutely. so it's a it's a tremendous community and so thank you so much for coming yeah, down thank today you for having me. Uh, Talon thank you I would thank my colleagues but they are not here uh, stay tuned to the movie zone with Austin and Adrian that'll be coming up next and uh, thank you very much have a great week